I do think that there's this misconception that like, oh, email is no longer, you know, as popular because as social media, everyone thinks that it's it's related to social media. Like as social media climbs, email declines. Hey, I'm Shauna. I'm a business mentor and leadership coach. After years of working with leaders and professionals, the one thing I can say is I do not have all the answers. And guess what? I'm okay with that. This podcast is dedicated to having the conversations with the people who have been where you are or have the expertise that will help you to streamline, simplify, and take the guesswork out of growing and scaling your business. Each week, we will dive into guest interviews, tips, trends, and strategies that will help you to cut through the fluff. So if you are ready to take your business to the next level, stick around. This is the Scale to Grow podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Scale to Grow podcast. Today, we are talking about using email marketing, automations, and AI to streamline your business. So with me today, I have Kendra. Swalls, I'm completely going to ruin this. No, that's perfect. Oh, perfect. Okay, so she is a former teacher turned entrepreneur and uh, photographer. Always forget to add that, but works with other busy moms to grow their business and gain time and financial freedom without sacrificing family time. So Kendra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Are you here? So tell us a bit more about you and what you do. Yeah. So like you said, I was a former teacher. I taught for 14 years. And during that time, I started my photography business kind of as a it's just a side hobby. At the time, my boyfriend, now my husband, he had all of these hobbies that he would do in his free time, you know, pre-kids. And I was like, I don't have anything that's like a hobby. So I started doing photography. I really fell in love with it, became a full-time, or not a full-time, it became a part-time business alongside my teaching. And what I really found was that while the photography part was really fun and a creative outlet, the business side of running a business was what really got me excited. Like I loved learning about marketing and social media and email and SEO and all the things that kind of go into how can you get this business in front of more people. And so in 2017, about a year after my second daughter was born, I left teaching to run my photography business full time. And in that kind of process of leaving my career, I had a lot of people that were like, tell me what you did. Like a lot of other photographers that I had built connections with over the years. They were like, I want to quit my job. I want to go full time. What do I need to be doing? And so I started doing kind of these one off like coaching sessions or mentor sessions and kind of teaching people like answering the same questions over and over and over again. And I was like, well, I'll blog about this. And I'm a terrible at blogging because it's just not writing is not what I do best. Talking is what I do best. And so someone was like, you should start a podcast. I was like, okay, sure. So I literally just, because I'm an Enneagram 7, I run with ideas before I actually like plan anything out. So I started the Girl Means Business podcast. And that kind of grew into this whole idea of just coaching and working with and creating products for other female entrepreneurs who are, you know, in that phase of, I know I need to be doing something else to get my business to grow. I just don't know what that something else is. And so now I've blended my background with teaching, my love of photography and business, and I'm combining them two into this perfect little bundle. Oh my God. That is, that is such a wicked way to do it because you have the, the experience with teaching, which is, I'm surprised that content isn't like your jam because a lot <laughs> of teachers are like, 
they just keep writing and writing and writing and writing. But you're the opposite. So you're more on the visual side. So you, you're probably, and then obviously the auditory, which is the, the talking. So that kind of complements everything. So going into email marketing, how are you using that with your business and how are you applying it with automation? Yeah. So email marketing was something that was kind of an afterthought for so long in my business. And then I got really frustrated with social media. Just to be perfectly honest, I was like, I don't think I can like continue at this pace of trying to like spin my wheels over on Facebook and Instagram and keep up with all the different changes. And email was kind of this just like consistent, even thing that was happening in the background of my business. And I was like, what if I just lean into this a little bit more? And so I started really engaging with my audience through email, sending out consistent, you know, weekly emails, doing more value giving than like asking for things or asking for sales, building up this sort of knowledge of like, you, I'm going to send you an email, but it's a two-way conversation. We're going to have a conversation back. And the automation piece of that was really great because I started finding that as people were coming onto my email list, I could set up these automations like a welcome series so that they were getting kind of welcomed into my little community here on email and it was happening 24/7. So I wasn't having to constantly be like, oh, I need to follow up with this person or oh, I got to make sure I respond to this person that joined my email list. It was happening behind the scenes and it was helping to build this really great connection without me having to do a whole lot of work on a daily basis. It it was a little more work obviously in the front part because you have to set it all up, but then it runs while you're doing all the other things in your business that you want to be doing. And you're able to build these connections that ultimately do lead to stronger connections, lead to stronger sales. Yeah, no, absolutely love that. So I'm, I'm now fascinated, like, how did you handle the whole content piece? Because emails means writing. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep thinking about that because every single time I sit down, I have a newsletter that I need to write and I keep going back and forth and I'm like, oh my God, I'm running into blocks. How, yeah. how did you even get through like that process of like knowing what to write, like, because you said you're more of a, like, you know, I like to talk more. So how did you kind of bridge the two? Yeah, so it was a different mindset shift for me because <laughs> the idea of writing like a blog post or writing even something for social media sometimes felt overwhelming because I felt like I had to, it had to be perfect. It had to be like this polished thing that was going to live on the internet forever. Whereas with email, I always kind of looked at it as like, well, I'm just writing to a friend. And so it was more casual. It was a little bit more conversational feel. And so it didn't feel the same sort of, I guess, pressure that I'd put onto the other types of written content. And then what I also started doing was taking things like my podcast episodes and saying, okay, well, I don't have to create new content for my emails. I can just take something I've already said in a podcast episode and put it into this email, and then it's it's good to go. Or I can even take one episode and turn it into a series of emails and give little snippets of that. And so between shifting from like this polished written thing to more conversational communication, along with the repurposing content I'd already created, simplified that for me in such a way that I was like, okay, this doesn't feel the same way as it did when I was trying to create content in other ways. That's that's so genius. Yes. So repurpose, re reuse. It's almost like I'm thinking of like the recycling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, you're just recycling. 
it's recycling content you've already created, but there are times I've resent the exact same email that I sent like a year ago because my audience changes and you're getting new people on there. And so an email I sent even six months ago that did really well, I could send out again, maybe tweak it a little bit, but it's going to reach a different you know, audience or it's going to remind people like, oh yeah, I remember she talked about this at one time and I totally forgot about it. So don't be afraid to recycle. I, I am picturing like that little recycle triangle thing. <laughs> Literally, that's what came to my mind. I always like, oh my God, I, I swear I was on the green team. So that's yeah. <laughs> We all agree to you. I'm like, I have no business being here, but here I was. There you go. <laughs> so what are some of the, okay, so I know one of the the challenges some people run into is like the, the audience building piece. Did you have those similar challenges, like building your audience or was it kind of, it was, it was more organic because you were kind of out there and kind of meeting people all the time? Like how did it all? Um, it was organic in the beginning because I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I was like, oh, okay, you were a photography client of mine. I'm going to put you on my email list. Or, oh, I met you at this networking thing I went to. I'm going to put you on my email list, which really you're not supposed to do. But, <laughs> you know, I didn't know any better. I was like, sure, I have your email. You're going on my email list. And so in the beginning, it was really slow. And it was, and again, I wasn't putting a whole lot of emphasis on it in the beginning. So it didn't matter to me as much that the growth was slow. But once I started, realizing that like, oh, these people that are on my list, like my cousin who may have joined my email, let's just be nice. Like they don't care about my content. She's not going to like book anything with me or purchase anything from me. She's just there to be like, oh, good job. And I was like, okay, I need to start filling my email list with people who are actually potential clients of mine. And that's when I started really leaning into the idea of a lead magnet, which is essentially just what can I give that's free to my audience that is valuable to them. That, and then in exchange, they give me their email address. Um, and we do this all the time with like shopping sites where you go on, it's like, enter your email for free shipping. And we're like, yes, we're going to save $5. I'm so excited. I will give you my email address. Or, you know, like you'll go on and it'll be like, save $10 off your first order or something like that. And that's, we put our, we're, that's a lead magnet. Mm -hmm. It can also be things like quizzes that you take online. You know, I did one the other day that was like, what friends character is your business most like? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to take that quiz. And now they have my email address. So I started playing around with it. Again, it goes back to the idea of I really loved the idea of the sort of the puzzle pieces of building the marketing aspect of a business. And this was one more thing to go, ooh, what can I create that my audience is going to get really excited about? And at the time, I was doing a lot of wedding photography. And so the whole wedding industry... I was like, oh, there's a ton of things I could do with this. So it was a great place to sort of experiment with, like, do they want like a PDF download? Do they want something that's like a quick little quiz or a calculator? Or do they want like a checklist, that kind of stuff. And over the time of like creating different things and seeing what people responded to, I was able to sort of hone in on these are the types of things that my audience really appreciates and enjoys. And then I kind of grew my list that way by just promoting that. And the great thing about promoting a lead magnet is, is you're not really selling anything. So you can go on to social media or go to a networking event or go to a conference or go wherever and be like, hey, I've got this really cool thing for you. It's free here. I'm giving this to you. They don't realize that they're, it's, you know, they're being kind of sold to in a sense because now they're going to be on your email list. To them, you're just giving them something that's valuable to them. Yes, no. And I, I, think, uh, I think so many times you know, we missed the opportunity to do that. So I'm glad that you, 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 you brought that up that there's a, 
there's one way to to build the list and one of it is the lead magnet or there's other components that you can try which is like going into quizzes or to just have different types of incentives that can get people on the list one way or the other as long as it appeals to what the, the person is looking for ultimately yeah it all comes down to knowing your audience and knowing like what are they going to find valuable 100 percent so you said that it wasn't originally part of your marketing strategy, but because of, but it became your marketing strategy. So how often do you revisit that and just kind of dust it off and say, oh, is this still working? Oh, is it not working? I try to revisit my strategies in all things in my business, like every quarter. It gives me a chance to kind of sit down and go, okay, what's working that I want to put more energy into and what's not working that I need to maybe like either tweak or change up or kind of walk away from. So after about a year of seeing a really great return on my time investment with email marketing, I was starting to build really good connections with my audience. I was making sales. I was building my list pretty consistently. I was like, okay, this is something that's really working. And going forward from there, I still kind of follow that same strategy of like every quarter, I kind of check in and go, okay, Let me go back and look at like what type of emails now are really resonating with my audience. Which ones am I getting the most like responses from? Which ones am I getting the most sales from? Which ones have kind of flopped and what, why do I think it flopped? So I'm really always going and looking in and seeing like kind of consistently, but also really diving into it every quarter or so. Okay. So, so that's good. It's, you know, it's, I think I've ran into people where it's gone through Oh, I haven't, you know, I've kind of set it up. I paid someone to set it up and it was, I don't know, maybe a year ago, two years ago. And it's just working like a well-oiled machine. And I'm kind of like, okay, so you've never checked it. Yeah. So it's refreshing to hear (laughs) that you do it every quarter. So that's good. So anybody's listening, you really should be keeping on top of it regularly because I like the examples that you give because you really want to understand what's resonating and what's not resonating with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you were talking, one of the things that came to mind is like, do you know kind of off the top of your head how much time you've saved? Um, oh, that's a great question. I'm not sure about times. I mean, definitely time saved as far as like automating the email pieces, like sending out the or having the lead magnet piece set up, having that welcome series set up. You know, I have other kind of automations set up in the, the back end. I do still spend time each week creating the emails that I send out every week. But I mean, it's hard to say because there's not really a good comparison of like how much time I was spending on it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would say, I, I mean, I get an average. I mean, I'm constantly getting messages of like people that are joining my email list. And again, I don't have to do anything once they join. So if I were to say like for every email that joined my email list, if I spent five minutes responding to them with some welcome series email, you know, I'm, I'm probably saving a couple hours a week of, you know, communicating with people that I don't have to do manually anymore. Yeah, no, that's uh, a couple hours is a lot. It's a uh... That's a lot. That's absolutely. That's, that's a good amount of savings. Uh, so I'm assuming that it's effective for you. It's working for you based on everything you've said. So, but do you find there's like a decline in people using or opting into emails compared to, I don't know, like a, like a year ago, two years ago, is there more unsubscribed are you finding on your end? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it definitely has its like highs and lows. Mm-hmm. 
I do think that there's this misconception that like, oh, email is no longer, you know, as popular because as social media, everyone thinks that it's it's related to social media. Like as social media climbs, email declines. And it's really kind of the opposite. They sort of stay pretty steady close together because the more people that are on social media, the more people you have to market your like lead magnet to in order to get them onto your email list. I do think that people are very protective of their email address especially when it comes to like, again, giving it away to opt into these free things. They want to make sure that they're going to really, because we all have like, I mean, I know I have like, I have the one email account that's like my spam account that I never check, but it's the one that I use when I'm like, I don't really want to hear from this person. I just want the thing that they're offering. <laughs> and so the the key there is that like, yes, there is more of that. And so you are going to probably get a little bit more of like some people opting in with with emails they don't ever actually check. They've gotten wise to that. But that's where that whole idea of like testing out different lead magnets and seeing like, what does your audience really value? Because if they are really excited about something and they're willing to give you their real email address, then you have like a really quality kind of vetted lead already into your account. So I don't think there's necessarily a decline. I do think you're going to have obviously people are unsubscribing all the time. And that's one of the things I look at when I go and I look at sort of the analytics is, okay, on this email, I had eight people unsubscribe. Well, what was it about this email that I think maybe turned people off? Was I saying something controversial? Was it just that like, oh, they were just, you know, this was the one that they decided it's the beginning of the year and everybody's like, oh, I'm cleaning out my junk mail. I'm going to get rid of all the things I don't need to subscribe to anymore. Or was it something else, you know? So there's definitely people that are always going to be doing that. But it's the same as like social media where people are unfollowing you all the time too. You just maybe don't always get like a notification about it. <laughs> you don't pay attention as much because yes. Yeah. Cause sometimes I see it and I'm like, Oh, okay. Someone new yeah, came yeah. on and I was like, oh, but it's the same number. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's well, interesting too, because with email, you can go in and see like who has unsubscribed. Whereas like on Instagram, I can go in and see like, okay, I lost 10 followers today. I don't know who those 10 followers are. It's fine. But when I go into email and I'm terrible about this, I will click on like who unsubscribed. I'm like, dang it. You're a friend of mine. What are you doing? <laughs> so I could see how maybe it, it does have a little bit more of a personal connection. You, know, you just need to like block that part out and don't click on the who actually unsubscribed part. Oh my God. I'm glad you said that because, oh my God, I, I'm guilty of that. And I, I had to stop myself because I remember there was one particular person and I was like, wait, I worked so hard to get you here. Yeah. They, they ended up unsubscribing. And I remember them saying, oh, it's because they called me back and they're like, yeah, I haven't heard from you. And I was like, what do you mean you unsubscribed? And they're like, no, it's because I didn't know who it was that was messaging me. And I was like, note to self, make sure you don't, you, you use different, because um, at the time, I think I had uh, changed a team name and mm, yeah, the yeah. way it showed up was different and they weren't sure who, who it was. So they just, they just unsubscribed automatically. And I was like, wow, okay, that's, <laughs> that's good to know. So Whoever unsubscribes, sometimes it may be a true unsubscribe or it could be because when they see the emails, you always have to watch kind of like subject headings and kind of mm -hmm. what you're saying. Because sometimes people will be like, okay, not another one. Delete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know well, for me, like I use Gmail or for my personal email, 
And so it'll sometimes, if it's a like a, what is it, the mass email type thing, it'll pop up and say, this is like a, you know, a mass email. Do you want to unsubscribe? And it's so easy just to click that one button and it unsubscribes for you. And so I think we do have to be cautious of like how we're presenting our emails. But I also think it's good to go in like a lot of the email platforms allow you to do this where you can set up kind of those exit questions. So if someone does unsubscribe, it gives them that list of like, please tell me why you unsubscribed. And that feedback can be really helpful. Because if most people are saying like, oh, it's no longer relevant to me, then you're like, okay, that's fine. Because it's not about what I'm doing. It's just that they don't need what I'm offering anymore. Whereas if they're saying like, oh, I'm getting too many emails from you, then you can be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I just need to like, take it back a notch or whatever else they're saying that feedback can be really valuable, even if it's painful sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So is there is there? So okay, for yours, did you outsource the initial kind of setting up of your email? Or did you do it all yourself? I did it all myself, because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just knew I needed to have an email list. And so I went into good old MailChimp, which honestly, I don't recommend. I mean, if there are people using MailChimp, good for them. It didn't, it was not my favorite, but I went into MailChimp because it was free up to like, at the time I was only a hundred subscribers was free. And I just was like, all right, here it is. I'm going to do the best I can. And then again, once I started like really seeing the value in it, I switched to different platforms. I finally found the platform I like. And I, at this point, I'm able to kind of set it up now. The platform I use is very simple, and that's what I like. There are some that are really complex and have a ton of different features and automations and all kinds of you know things. I know like people who use Shopify, they have a ton of like features where you can like, okay, well, if someone abandons their cart, you can send this email, or if someone was looking at this item, you can send, and all of that takes a lot more to set up. So if you have a really complex sort of strategy for your email, then definitely I would say look into hiring somebody to help you with that. But if it's just as simple as like, I just want people on my email list and I want to send out emails on a regular basis, maybe group them into categories based on how they came onto my list, then you can do that on your own pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, no, that's when, when I started, I I started with MailChimp. God, all my emails kept going to junk. And they look terrible to me. They just, they, the whole, the MailChimp emails looked so dated. Like they came from like the first ever email sent on the planet. <laughs> like <laughs> I swear, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, everybody was like talk at the time. Everybody was raving about you know MailChimp, and I was like, okay, let me go on MailChimp. I went on it. I was like, every single client I had, they're like, I never got the email, and mm-hmm. I, I went and I was like, okay, could you please check your spam? It's in spam. It's in yep. spam. Yep the look and feel of it was so clunky. I was like, God, no, I couldn't. I, I, I stayed on it maybe for, I think I did the first three months. And then afterwards I got off of it. I didn't even stay the full year. I think I paid for the year because I wasn't thinking at the time. I think they had a deal or something. Yeah. Don't get sucked into their deals. Cause <laughs> don't cool. make the commitment. <laughs> don't make the commitment. It's not worth it. So I didn't. And uh, yeah, so yeah, but I, I, I totally get you on the emails. Because it's such a game changer when you have um, clients going through different stages and you can set up different triggers, even Mm -hmm. using Zapier or using different tools. Like it makes it so much easier because even with Trello, even with the podcast and stuff, I just kind of just all automated. I just love it. I just love it when you can get your emails to just do what you need. And there's so many (laughs) tools out there now, like 
that's what I love. So my growing up is a little bit of a side story here, but I'm gonna, I'll keep it short. But like growing up, my parents ran our family business that had been in our family for generations. And I remember like they have, would buy advertising space in the phone book. Like that's how they advertised. Or they would have like, you know, we grew up in a college town. So they would advertise like their events they would have on like, in like college newspapers and on college bulletin boards and flyers. And so nowadays we have access to so many tools and like resources, free and paid, that when I start to kind of not even really complain about marketing, but I'm just like, oh, there's just this and this and this. My mom will be like, Kendra, I used to have to literally put an ad in like yellow pages and like the name of your business mattered. Cause if your business started with like an S, you were at the end of the phone book. Like, <laughs> and so like, there's the strategies have changed, but we have access to so much more now that makes our lives easier that you really can. Like you said, you just kind of set it up and it takes work in the beginning or you hire somebody to do it for you, but then it just, it set it and forget it. It runs for you while you're doing other things that you actually enjoy doing. It's amazing. I have to remind myself sometimes like we really are blessed to have this technology that we have, even if it doesn't always work properly. Right. It's so true. So true, because I, I remember like when I first, my first newspaper route that I did, I was delivering flyers. And I remember, I remember like you, we had to pick it up at this particular location. And there are some that you would get that would be special. You have to drop it off. It's even though it's part of the roll up of all the stuff, they would have special requests to drop it off at the door or different places so that it's more visible. And I think they paid a premium for that. And I remember oh, yeah. thinking, I remember thinking, oh my God, like how much money do they pay to do this? And literally people will take it and chuck it into the trash after. Oh yeah. It was, yep. it was crazy. Now it's like, okay, if they delete the email, like yep. it's yep. not going to really, it's not going to be like, you know, the print cost of right. the paper. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing, like social media gets a lot of attention because it's free. You know, it's a free platform. You click a button and you have global access to like an audience around the world. Email, you do have to pay for a platform and you do have to have, there is a cost associated with it, but it's a fraction of what marketing costs used to be. Like you were saying, people paid a premium to send out these flyers and have them printed or the people who still do like mail out, you know, mm -hmm. marketing, they paid a ton of money to have that little postcard in your mailbox and you're paying like, 60 bucks a month for email marketing and you're getting directly into people's inboxes on a regular basis. Like it's, yeah. it just blows my mind <laughs> how far we've come and how, you know, valuable it is for such a low cost. Yeah. And how little a lot of us use that because yes, especially if you think about all the opportunities you're missing to your point, you, you were able to repurpose content from your podcast to bring more listeners there to, to have better conversations with different folks because either there are different areas that they probably didn't listen to, or maybe they skipped over. Then now when they see the physical print, they're now having the opportunity to say, Oh, that's a, that's a great concept. You know, I would want to learn more and maybe respond to you and like have those conversations around it. So there's so many missed opportunities, I think when, when you don't know how to leverage it. So what are three tips that you can share with people about kind of using the emails and even incorporating automations in the AI? I don't think we got into like the AI piece, but yeah, the chat. Yeah, GPT. and I can kind of touch on that a little bit. So 
Three tips. My first tip would be just get started. Like that is where I start with everything is I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't have a big enough audience to build an email list. Well, you are going to get the audience by having the email list. If you wait till you have 10,000 followers on Instagram and then try to convert them all to your email list, you're going to be like frustrated. So start now, even if you only get like five or 10 people and one of them is your mom, it's totally fine. Like at least you're starting to build it and you're creating a habit around promoting the the lead magnet, promoting your email list, and then also the habit of continually sending out these this content. The second thing is goes along with the automation is create an automated plan. So have a plan in place for what experience do you want your audience to have once they come onto your email list? Do you want them to, you know, receive like a series of emails that teaches them something or introduces you to them? Do you want them to be sold to in some way about whatever product or service you offer? And then take the time to really set that up so that it is the thing that runs in your business in the background, because that's the thing that like at two in the morning when somebody's, you know, scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, and they see your content and they opt into your email list, they're not having to wait till you get up the next morning at 8am to send them a reply, they're going to get it automatically. And it's that instant gratification. So get started and set up that automation. And then the third piece is the content piece, which is this is where a lot of people kind of get stuck is they're like, well, I don't know what to say in these emails. So I always say follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of your emails need to be like value. So what are you giving to your audience that's going to help them? Whether that is quick tips, information, like industry information, you know, something like even storytelling can be value given. And then the other 20% can be selling to them. So it's weaving in those pieces of like, you know, explaining to them, like, this is how I can help you. Here's what I offer. And you can, again, that repurpose older content. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. And what that kind of brings in the AI piece of I've started using because I have a ton of ideas, but I don't always have like, like I said, the wording is not my, the writing is not my key thing. So using AI, there's all the AI tools now with ChatGPT. I use one called HelloScribe. There's Jasper. There's a million different sites out there that use AI technology. And it's a great tool for creating content ideas. I, I personally don't use it to actually write my content, but I will use it to say like, okay, I'm creating an email around like teaching email marketing, create like a list of, you know, great subject lines. And then I can kind of see what it gives me and I can go, okay, I'm going to take half of this and pair it with this. and I'm going to create this subject line. So if you're someone who's like, I know I need to use email marketing, but I'm not great at coming up with the content or coming up with the, the subject lines, the hooks, the calls to action, all those things. That's where like this AI technology, I think is going to be a game changer for a lot of people because it's going to help you get sort of the momentum you need so that you can take what the AI generates and then create your from that. I wouldn't, again, I always add the little asterisk of like, don't take the AI content just as it is because it's not always the way a human would say it or write it, but it's a great starting point for then taking it and applying it to your content. Yeah, absolutely. And I found for me with the AI content, it was so, some of it was so, well, most of it was very generic. So it didn't have like your personality to it at all. 
So yeah. if, if you really wanted to, like, when you think of like your own brand voice and everything around that, like you, if you're just going to take it and copy and paste it, it's definitely going to do you a disservice because it really is very gen- generic and generalized when it spits it out. But you can definitely work with it and kind of take bit. I call it Frankenstein and different things, a little word Tetris with different areas of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great for the, like I said, I have a hard time usually with like the beginning and the ending of my content. Cause I'm always like, okay, how do I want to start this? And how do I want to end this? The middle part is where I can like add in my own stories and personality and my own voice. And so using AI to help me kind of jumpstart the beginning or wrap up something like it just helps give me ideas that I can then go, Oh, yeah, that's a great like first line, let me tweak it and make it my own like way of how I would say that. But it's a good way to say it that I may not have thought of. You know, so there's a lot of uses for AI that I think are helpful, especially with, you know, building your email marketing, it can help you come up with ideas for lead magnets. I've put like in playing around with it, I've just put in a ton of queries to see like what it gives me. And I did one that I was helping my one of my clients, she's a photographer, and she does like newborn photography. And I was like, let's just see what it gives us for lead magnet ideas. And it gave us like 25 ideas that were not bad ideas. And then we could kind of take them and go like, okay, well, this is a good starting point. How could we kind of take this idea that AI gave us and expand on it a little bit or customize it or personalize it? So there's a lot of ways you can use it to help with your email marketing. But again, like just don't take it straight out of the box you do have to like some assembly required (laughs) it's like the ikea of of marketing like it it comes it gives you all the parts you just have to then figure out how to put it together in your own way (laughs) don't forget the allen key oh yes (laughs) ikea is out there saving lives i tell you oh yeah (laughs) and possibly ruining marriages i don't know (laughs) Oh my god! I don't even know. There's no. I don't know. My my partner is fairly. He's like an undercover handyman that wants to be a handyman, but he shouldn't be in a handyman, but he still does. So I'm just like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so IKEA for me is like it's pretty. Like the instructions is there. It's all it's pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's like elementary level easy here. Come on. <laughs> Oh my god. So where can people learn more about you and where can they find you? Yeah, so um I hang out on Instagram at Girl Means Business. Pretty much you can find me anywhere if you just search for Girl Means Business on all the platforms. And then same thing with my website and the podcast are all Girl Means Business. And I do have a email marketing starter kit for anyone that's listening to this this episode and is like, oh, I really need to kind of get on the email marketing thing. I don't really know where to begin. It's like the first three easy steps to kind of setting up your email system. So you can go grab that just on my website at girlmeansbusiness.com slash email kit. Awesome. So, okay. So it was really great having you on and sharing all these wonderful tips. So I'm very excited that we are going to be airing you um, having all this information. So I will put everything in the show notes for anybody who's interested in learning more and following um, Kendra. I think it was a great call. I, I really am glad that we had a chance to do this. Thanks Thank again. Thank you so much. It was so fun. I love chatting with you. It was great. Same here. Thank you for listening to the Scale to Grow podcast. To work with us or access free resources, head over to www.concaveservices.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. See you on the next episode.